T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I got one question, one question only. How you feeling? Well, I feel good, and I'm doing well. That's good to hear. Did I do it right, Pete? Yes, you did. Oh, I maybe figured it out on try 11. Maybe more than that. We'll get it wrong tomorrow, I'm sure. It's uh-huh. Andrew Bogish. It's Pete the Body. Pete's the only person in his normal, actual seat on the wheels of steel today. That's right. Ryan Botcher, don't pronounce the E, is today's producer, and he's here all week. Pat- today's poll question. Pat Boyle's doing updates today. Today's poll question is coming off our sound check back in hour number one of Jody Mack. Just rapid fire saying the Packer GM's last name over the weekend here. It was four times in six seconds. Now, he said it the same way each time, but we think he said it wrong, therefore, each time. So we've created a poll question today to decide, finally, once and for all, the official nickname for Brian Gudekinst. That's the way I think it's pronounced, too. I'm rolling with that one. Yeah. So we're going to stick with the original from, I always forget his name, Vince what? Quinn. Not Vince Neal. Vince Quinn. (laughs) He's a singer. (laughs) Vince Quinn, who went with Gunty, my man. We've presented a very generic vanilla BG for his initials. And Pete has suggested calling Brian Gudekinst Ryan Botcher. Why would it make sense? It's this show, right? But anyway, your your choice is at CBS Sports Radio. Well, there's so many people mispronouncing his name. It's time to change it. I would also suggest once and for all, the Packers website should have a video or their their Twitter feed should have a pinned tweet of just him saying it into a camera with a microphone. Like, I play those tennis ones. Right. He goes, hi, I'm Brian Gudekinst. I love when you do that. Brian Gudekinst. Just say it <laughs> once, and then we're done. It's like Monday Night Football. Yeah. Have him introduce himself. Should have a celebrity do it. Have Aaron Rodgers do it. Christopher Walken do it. <laughs> have Jody Mack do it. <laughs> hey, I'm Brian Gudekinst. Oh, oh hey. hey. Over here. <laughs> if you had Jody do it, it would be Brian Gudekinst. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right on the money, too. Thanks, Pete. Still the worst sound ever. <laughs> Which one? The co- the Jody cough montage. 
if you're ever truly mad at me and you want me to like leave the studio, you play that. I can't. On a loop? Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Is it over? There's so much like charcoal in that. He <laughs> <laughs> can't keep his headphones on. It's just, it's so wet. Okay, it's done. so horrible. My favorite oh. is the the low key the wet sneeze the four two two. All right, done. Those are all human noises from the same human. <laughs> and he just plows right through them, and down the stretch they come. <laughs> Oh my God, I love him. He's the best. We work with so many people who are just endless supplies of content of and like and happiness. <laughs> now, clearly, that's a dangerous sound for Jody to make. There's probably something that needs to be addressed by a doctor. Yeah. But in the meantime, I mean, dude, I'm let's crying. focus on the Kevin Cobb Cup the betting slip. How old he may or may not be. <laughs> His dad, P.S., was a MLB general manager. A good one. Yeah. Don't forget that. He might have drafted the Gas House Gang. I don't know. I don't. I don't even know. Oh no! I think he drafted Babe Ruth. <laughs> Father. <laughs> um, one of the one of the side bonuses of playing immaculate grid by the way is if you're when you're you know starting to fill the grid in and you start typing a last name and it auto fills there are times where you're getting amazing first names because as we've had the joke was from like 1880 to 1920 nobody was just john they all had nicknames i think the other day we stumbled a guy named buttercream dickerson like, what <laughs> kind of name is that See, pebbles dunkerson doesn't seem that far fetched. no let me see i can find it again Bad teams should have their players change yeah. their names. Buttercup Dickerson was a real person that played Major League Baseball from 1878 to 1885. <laughs> yes, Buttercup Dickerson. There he is on the mound. And also, he's playing the field, center field, right field. And this is 1880 when you weren't allowed, like, you know, things were not Trilogy. okay. Calling a guy Buttercup usually would have gotten you stabbed back then. <laughs> yeah, right. Stabbed. It would have, you would have gotten musketed. <laughs> by, a, by a musket. Buttercup Dickerson. Uh, you know what? Louis Pisano Buttercup Dickerson. How did they get to that from Louis Pisano? Maybe he liked uh, peanut butter cups. Did they have uh, either peanut butter or chocolate back then? Or machines that combined the two of them? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or he called everybody Buttercup and then they just started calling him that. He's got a great mustache. Two one five five nine two. Excuse me, eight five five. Thank you. Five nine two zero. He played for the Worcester the Ruby Legs, by the way. <laughs> Pete, so did Jody. He put me in a knot before. Oh my god. That the, the the noise is the worst. The Kawhi laugh is the second. If I'm power ranking terrible noises in Pete's computer, the Kawhi laugh used to have it. Then I think he. <laughs> 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 I'm at least strong enough to keep my headphones on for that one. I can hear it, but it still makes my skin crawl. That's not that bad. I don't, there's just something um, painful about it. 
Is it inhuman, unhuman? There's just something unnatural in that laugh. You never, like, faked a laugh? So that's his real laugh. I think that's the problem. Like, that's Kawhi laughing. Like, that's how Kawhi has fun. I feel like that's a conspiracy. You think? I think that's not his real laugh. You think he laughed like that on purpose, or you think we've somehow misinterpreted that laugh? I think he did that on purpose. Interesting. All right. That was certainly... Pete's a genius. <laughs> Just a genius. if y'all wanna party like we do. Can we talk about sports now, Pete? Sports. Go Thank ahead. you. You want to play like that missile sound effect? <laughs> From Buttercup Dickerson to Shohei Otani. Boyle's been here for these conversations. We've gone back and forth. There was a time to trade Otani. Then it was a time to keep him. Then again became the time to trade him when the decision needed to actually be made late in July. And instead of having the balls to do what they needed to do and trade him and replenish their farm system and whatever business losses they had to take because sponsors bailed and tickets weren't bought to close the season. They should have gone down that road. It was the best for the organization. Instead, the Angels were four and a half games out the last time we had this conversation, and that was within striking distance in their mind of a playoff spot. It allowed them to talk themselves out of a trade. They never had the chutzpah to do it. Now they didn't, in their mind, they didn't have to do it. They didn't trade them indirectly to their credit they made a handful of trades to try to make themselves better, to double down on the choice to keep Otani. They got Giolito. Uh, they got C.J. Crone and Randall Gritchick in that separate Rockies trade. And now they've lost six consecutive games. They have not won since the trade deadline. They took a four-game sweep from the Mariners over the weekend. One of those games included Otani hitting his 40th home run of the year while throwing four shut out innings. He left for back spasms pitching-wise, stayed in the game, and then they gave up a game-winning Grand Slam top nine. Their all-star closer did to a Mariners rookie named Cade Marlowe. And now, again, they've lost six in a row, four-game sweep from the Mariners in Anaheim, and they are seven games out of a wild-card spot. This is the fall they needed to happen in the middle of July. Post-all-star break, they needed to do this then so they knew that the jig was up. We got to trade Otani. We got to move on. Instead, they play like 500-ish baseball, kept themselves afloat. They could see that third wild card spot, so they kept them. They doubled down with further trades, and now they're screwed because now they're not making the playoffs. They lost the prospects. They moved to get the guys to help them make the playoffs, which they're not making now, and now Otani's going to leave, and they're going to get back basically nothing unless you want to be happy with a draft pick in the 70 to 80 range. This could not have gone worse. I didn't think it would be this drastic. I thought they would at least be in the conversation into September, not get in, or best case for them, get in and then be out right away. But it's not, it's barely August, Boyle, and they're seven out, they're done, and they're going to have nothing to show for having maybe the best player ever 
on their roster as he walks away for nothing this winter. Yeah, and, and it's it's crazy because he can only do so much, and that has been the story for Mike Trout years before. Now it's been the story for the last six years. I guess the two of them can only do so much because Otani still basically has not dropped at all in his production at the plate. His OPS in July was over 1,100. His OPS in August is 964, so I guess he's technically having a down month. The thing is <laughs> he gets on base, there's nobody. I mean, he gets up at the plate, there's nobody on base. There's nobody on base. And the pit, I mean, the starting rotation we know for years has been putrid. So, you know, I thought, okay, they can get by still without Mike Trout, but Mike Trout with the broken handmate bone, which is now four or five weeks removed, they're hoping he can come back in like a week. Right. I mean, dude, they are, they are out of time. And I said that it was, they were stupid. Perry Manassian was stupid for not trading him before the year. As soon as opening day started, it was too late. All bets are off. Now you're just hoping, living on a prayer, Bon Jovi, that he re-signs with you in the offseason. So at that point, once the trade deadline came, yeah, the only real option, the only real chance you have of keeping him now is to buy and say, hey, Shohei, we want to win for you, man. We suck, and we still can't do anything right in the front office in terms of building a winning team around you, but we want to keep you. So here, we're going to buy for you, we're going to sign Lucas Giolito, or we're going to trade, Luca, tra- trade for Lucas Giolito, and we're going to try to get you everything we can and now they've lost six in a row. So, I mean, they are virtually out of time. They need to go on a big-time hot stretch now. And I, they, they can't really just sit back and wait for Mike Trout to come back and bolster this lineup, which can't score against Seattle, who, by the way, has not been very good this year at pitching either. Yeah, but they've been good as of late. They're as hot as anybody, and they're now the lead team among those who are not in a wild-card spot right now. They're two and a half behind the Blue Jays, uh, who are hanging on. They've won three in a row after that tough series to begin last week against the Orioles. They bounced back over the weekend. Um, The problem for the Angels is they've got three teams, the Mariners, the Yankees, and the Red Sox in front of them, in between them and the Blue Jays. And part of their argument of keeping Otani and going after Giolito and making the trade for the two Rockies is that, oh, and by the way, we're also going to throw Mike Trout on top of this sometime soon, and that's going to be the best hitter anybody adds this at the trade deadline, so to speak. But now... He's not back, and they're out of it. Now there's just too much. They're not making up seven games. I know it's only August, what, 7th, 8th? So there's a lot of baseball left. But can they go on a run to make up seven games and jump the three teams in front of them? That's asking an awful lot from a team that has not showed you the ability to have that kind of long, extended stretch. Yeah, and again, their division's pretty solid. Like Houston's in the division. Right. Texas is fantastic. They just got swept by Seattle in a four-game series at home. At so, home. Like, who is stepping up for this team? Reed Detmers? Like, do you trust him to give you six, seven solid innings to be a stopper for you? Or Tyler Anderson or Patrick Sandoval? All these guys are mediocre starting pitchers. You're hoping that one out of every five days, Shohei gives you brilliance. And even then, the last couple of starts, he's leaving because of cramps or yeah, you know, blister you the, problem, the, right? the cracked fingernail or the blister for like three weeks. So... They uh, they are not in good shape here, man. Again, they just need to hope that Otani carries them on this incredible run for like a three-week span. Trout comes back and, and immediately is Mike Trout and that the pitching can somewhat hold it together. Otherwise, they're not making the playoffs. And then you can basically guarantee that he leaves. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they're done. And I think the problem all along has been they're just, they're just not good enough around him, which is why trading him made the most sense because then you bring in two or three pieces that – maybe change that dynamic. Instead, now they went all in, and they have gotten burned by it almost immediately. Seven games out 
a week after the trade deadline hit. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Phone lines are open. Tweets are open. Keep uh, voting on today's poll. We've got a lot to do before we're done. When we come back, we're back on college realignment, college conference expansion. Tyson, Tyson Alger writes for the I-5 Corridor. He's next. It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. More laughs per capita than any other sports radio show. It's DA on CBS Sports Radio. Chugging along through our final hour on this Monday morning. Andrew Bogish in for DA here on the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Talking more college realignment and expansion right now, as promised, with Tyson Alger, who covers Oregon sports, the Ducks, for the I-5 quarter, formerly of The Athletic. Tyson, it is Andrew in New York. Thanks for getting up early. We appreciate it. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing good. Absolutely nothing happened out here in the college sports world. So I have no idea what you want to talk about. Uh, so I, you know, g- give me the the initial reaction from most Duck fans. Are they excited about this? Are they skeptical? Are they disappointed? What's the overall reaction to the move to the Big Ten? Yeah, I think that excitement is starting to creep in. Like it's It's been a weird year. I, I think ultimately fans kind of anticipated this or, or something like this happening a year ago when when USC and UCLA uh, decided to move to the Big Ten. And, I mean, it's just uh, – it seems like for the last six months, all the reports have been like the Pac-12s, uh, uh, the deal's just around the corner. And by the time that it got stretched out into August, it was just – I think Oregon fans are ready for something new. Um, the the one thing that is lingering around here is Oregon State's just like a 35-minute drive from Corvallis. And that's a program that's a very good football pro- – that's – expected to be a pretty good football program this year and that's a heck of a heck of a rivalry and uh so i I think there is a little bit of like oh man like what's going to happen to the beavers but ultimately oregon's a football school and and this is a program that has been trying to say that it's among the best in college football for probably the last 20 years and in order to continue that trajectory and and play at that level I, i think most oregon fans are pretty accepting of the fact that they didn't get left behind in this mess I was going to bring up Oregon State, but you beat me to it. Um, I know the Ducks said they intend to keep playing Oregon State, but in football particularly, is that possible based on scheduling, number of games, future schedules? Is there a spot for the Ducks to put the Beavers on their non-conference schedule moving forward? Yeah, like I had a lot of relationships end in my day where the person ending it said they'd like to be friends too. (laughs) And... Um, during Oregon's press conference, I mean, they're all pretty public. They're all pretty savvy when it comes to PR. And so that was one of the very first questions was Oregon Athletic Director Rob Mullins and, and their president saying that they fully intend on, on continuing this series and, and playing home and home, especially up in Corvallis where they're just about to unveil a, a stadium renovation. But if you talk to the folks at Oregon State, they're still pretty ticked about this whole thing, and, and they felt like they were kind of caught off guard by just kind of the swiftness of, of Oregon and Washington State, um, or sorry, Oregon and, and Washington ditching there at the last minute. So I think ultimately, once things settle, uh, we'll probably see a lot of Oregon and Oregon State, but they're pretty ticked in Cor- Corvallis right now. But I, I think ultimately, especially with the way that uh, the travel schedule is going to work for non-football sports. I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of non-conference action between these schools played. But we'll we'll see what happens for football because ultimately these schools are going after the money. And you know, I I I don't know how much leverage Oregon State has there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you what like what's the pitch to the other to the other leagues 
to take Oregon State or Oregon State to bring people in the Pac-12? What what is the Beavers' pitch to to possible suitors? Yeah, the, you know, th- this is a very competent football program, which might sound crazy to all you guys out on the East Coast, but for the last five years, I I. I'd say Jonathan Smith is one of the best three or four coaches in, in what used to be the Pac-12. This is a program that has been steadily rebuilding that space since a very terrible era with Gary Anderson. Uh, they won 10 games last year. They they pretty handily beat the Ducks, and, and they've uh, kind of established themselves in other athletic ven- venues as well. They have a very good women's basketball program. The men's basketball program made, made the lead eight a couple of years ago. And they also have probably the strongest program overall here on the West Coast with their baseball program, which has won three College World Series since 2000. So there are things going for it. But, I mean, it's, it's, they're definitely the little brother out here. I mean, even locally, Oregon, Oregon headlines dominate the newspapers, the TVs, the, the overall fan base. Um, there's been some whispers the last couple of days that, you know, Oregon State, like their, their big lifeline is hoping out maybe for an invitation to the Big 12. But, uh, you know, we'll just see. I mean, between the, the four Pac-12 schools that are, that are left, Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, and Cal, like all of them have their strengths at certain things, but none of them push the needle, move the needle when it comes to football. And so I, I'm, I'm still pretty worried about what ends up shaking out with them, whether they end up all trying to move to a different conference or whether the Pac Pack four tries to raid the Mountain West. I, I mm. think we're still uh, we're still a long ways away from figuring out how this thing settles. This is Tyson Alger covers Oregon for the I-5 corridor. Um, Tyson, when we were finishing up the show on, so basically this time Friday morning were the first reports from the Athletic and other places that said, hey, you know, hold on a second. Some Big Ten talks lost steam overnight. There's a Pac-12 meeting this morning. Maybe the conference is okay. And then by dinner time here, the conference was basically dead. Did you have any optimism Friday morning or did people kind of get carried away in that instance and really there was never a chance to save things for the Pac-12. Uh, you know, I, I think some people may, might have thought there was a chance that if they got through the meeting, uh, you know, maybe they could convince Washington and Oregon to stay. But I, I think, you know, I, I think the thing that get, gets lost in a little bit of this is this was such a big news cycle with things moving so fast that things were getting reported, like, in real time as, as people were still making their decisions. So by the time people were reading reports, I, I think people had moved on. And so... You know, I, I think ultimately, especially for Oregon, they probably got spooked with the the, the potential of, of this being based on all subscriber numbers. Like, or, Oregon is a brand that so highly values it, being on a national stage. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times you hear the word national national brand out here, um, and, and that's a, just such a huge part of, of what they think they are, and especially with the way that they've uh, changed their recruiting over the last five or six years where they're pulling kids from Texas, they're pulling kids from Florida, they're pulling kids from Big Ten country. It's just really important for them to be on more than more TVs than, than currently have Apple TV subscriptions. So I, I think ultimately the money and just the overall exposure is, is what tipped it in, in Oregon's favor. And there might be some Pac-12 schools that were caught off guard by that, but Ultimately, when you look at the numbers, I, I, I think that both Oregon and Washington made the, the decision that was absolutely best for them in that situation. When I play the blame game with the Pac-12, I usually start with Larry Scott. Who? What's your list look like? Who really gets the heat for letting this all happen to the Pac-12? 
See, you you could you could come out here and join us on the West Coast because we 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 all have a very large hate Larry Scott uh, <laughs> club, and yeah, I, I I don't think I don't think many people are uh, are pointing it very far far away from him. However, I mean, U USC really kind of wanted to jump ship and close the door behind him. Uh, George Kliakov was very. You know, he got a lot. He had a really long honeymoon period just by not being Larry Scott. But right. For, for the last seven months of like, hey, it's just around the corner. Like, I think he's completely lost all credibility, and I, I think just his non-aggressive nature really cost the league here. Because if they would have gotten a deal done last month, I, you know, like this all kind of kicked off just two weeks ago with Colorado leaving. Like, I, I, I don't think it probably would have been all that hard to keep Colorado in tow if you had a deal on the table, but. They took their time, and, and that's where we're at right now. And I know, you know, especially in this state, Oregon State fans are saying that Oregon's the one that, that blew this up and, and is, is ruining the rivalry and everything. But I, I think Oregon just kind of had to get in line with, with what the trend that was happening around the country. Tyson, thanks for all this info. We appreciate it, man. I'm sure we'll talk to you again because this story is not over. So we'll talk to you again down the road, I'm sure. Hey, absolutely. Thank you so much. Of course, that's Tyson Alger. You can read him the I-5 corridor covering Oregon sports. Um, I still, I've said this now multiple times because the story keeps happening while we've been sitting here. I just, I can't believe that we're going to be in a situation where the Pac-12 doesn't exist. It's just not. Because those four schools, as Tyson just laid out, Stanford and Cal have clearly the academic backing and... Very good programs. Not great right now, but Stanford football, Cal football, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, they've they've had their time. Their other programs, year in and year out, are fantastic. A lot of ways, they're kind of the full package, but they're not in huge markets, and they don't have the strongest, biggest, most you know vociferous fans. They're not necessarily going to travel across the country. Now, even at Stanford right now, they're sitting on like, I don't know, $30 billion, not a dowry, um, endowment. And they can't get money out of there because it's basically earmarked for non-athletic things because that's just the what's important. Pat Forty has a great breakdown at SI.com of this. And if you act quickly, you can read one of your four free articles at SI.com. You can burn one of your four freebies on this one. <laughs> the endowment's like $36 billion. And 75% of that is specifically linked to things. So you know, that money can only go to these things. So then there's a free quarter of $36 billion, so $9 billion, that can be distributed kind of as you see fit. So maybe there's money in there for sports to fill in some lost revenue. And that solves Stanford's problem if Stanford wanted to give any of that money to sports, which is not guaranteed. So maybe that solves Stanford's problem. It doesn't solve Cal's problem. Those two schools, their budgets, they can't go down to the Mountain West because that's like a $20 million give back yearly. So that kills them for revenue. That kills their staffing. It kills the entire, all of their infrastructure. That means lost jobs, maybe lost sports. And to make schools come to them in the Pac-12, out of the Mountain West, the Mountain West was smart, saw what was coming. As with San Diego State, it was going to cost them $17 million to leave. Every To leave the Mountain West before their TV deal expires is cost prohibitive. And if you're these four Pac-12 schools, you need at least four more schools, if not six, 
to rebuild the league. So now you're talking about whatever's four or six times $17 million is, and no one's got that line around. So rebuilding the Pac-12 with the obvious good West Coast teams from the Mountain West is not easy to do. Like, they're they're just screwed. They're just screwed. Unless then in the next few months we go even further and somebody wants 18 teams, somebody wants 20 teams, somebody really wants to reconfigure the whole thing again. But other, other than that, there's just, there's no place for them to go. And I just, you know, I, I thought the Pac-12 would have been the one to eat up the Big 12. And the Big 12 was the one that we would have lost in all of this. Instead, the Big 12 did everything right. The Pac-12 did nothing right. And now the Pac-12, after this year, has an embarrassing four members. And there's no clear way to fix it. There's no easy way. There's no cheap way. There's no simple way to even... And they're, they're never going to be the Pac-12 again. You can't lose USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, and Arizona. The all historical schools in that league. You can't lose all of them and then get back to there, you can at least keep yourself alive by finding Boise State, San Diego State, whomever, UNLV, to fix you numbers-wise. But the prestige value is gone for forever. But they can't even just rebuild numbers. It's just not, no one's. no one has an answer. And no one has an answer for all four of them. You know, Washington State and Oregon State, they make sense in the Mountain West from a competitive standpoint. But again, Stanford and Cal, they don't need them for football. And most of their other teams would win the Mountain West easily in all of those other competitions. So that's a waste of time as well. There's just, there's not, there's, there maybe are individual solutions. There's not a solution for the group. And those two, and those four are just sitting there. Rivalries be damned, no matter what Boyle thinks. Geography be damned. Olympic sports be damned revenues, budgets, and jobs be damned. They're just, they're stuck. And they've got no way out. And I can't believe it's happening. It's just, it's so weird that the Pac-12 is just, is basically a dead man walking. And there's no way around it. There's no fixing it. There's no coming back. There is no forgiveness, no nothing. It's basically dead and buried. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. You know the number by now. Uh, a few more minutes here to get your votes in on the official nickname, the official show nickname, pending final DA approval of Packer GM Brian Gutekinst. Gunty, my man, BG, and Ryan Botcher are your choices this morning at CVS Sports Radio. And Pete laughs again, so we all win. So my suggestion would be to vote for C. If you want to make Pete happy, at the <laughs> very least... You know, Mondays, Friday mornings, coming off a Packers game, he'll at least have that. It'll be easier to pronounce. Not for me, because I was saying Betcher when the start of the show. So, <laughs> That's right. I don't know. I got, I got a better handle on Gutenkunz, I think, than I do that guy's last name. Gutekunst. See? Exactly. Never mind. Uh, headlines, one last time this morning. Unkind Sir to Joni. Here's Pat Boyle. All right, pals. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Gals, Sunday Night Baseball last night. Dick Hill hangs him. Freddie Freeman bangs him. And now the 3-2. And a high fly ball to right. It's deep and it's on its way. And Freddie Freeman with a three-run home run. And the Dodgers are doing damage to their former teammate, Rich Hill. They are beating them to a pulp. I love that. Baiting them to a pulp. Dodgers Charlie Radio. feeling good, huh? What'd you say? Charlie Steiner feeling good. Oh, yeah. Feeling frisky. Dodgers Radio, Dick Hill making his first start as a Padre since he was traded by the Pirates at the deadline. He's looking more and more over the hill by the day. Oh. And now, three innings, four hits, six runs. Mookie Betts homered yeah. later in this one Tubo last night. something. Nah, that was a good one. Over the hill. I mean, he's literally over the hill. He's 43. That was, come on. Tuba upon request. All right. Mookie Betts homered later in this one last night for his 30th of the year. Dodgers beat the Padres 8-2. No, no. Notable baseball injury news that we haven't gotten to yet. Miserable year for Yankees starter Carlos Rodon. They signed him in the offseason for six years, $162 million. He had chronic back pain. Didn't make his season debut until last month. He's been brutal. Got knocked around yesterday for five runs, then exited the game in the third inning with hamstring tightness. They're waiting in on MRI. Uh, Astros sweated out a 9-7 win when Giancarlo Stanton flew out to the track with the bases loaded to end it. Andrew Heaney and the Rangers shut out the fish 6-0. Adelise Garcia hit his 29th home run of the year, but all-star Josh Young broke his glove hand thumb trying to catch a rocket hit by Jorge Soler. He ended up turning a double play on the, on the play. But yeah, Bruce Bochy said afterwards he's going to see a specialist. Uh, But for the time being, that's a dent in the Rangers' ship. And uh, Alex Verdugo was benched on Saturday for the second time this year. Neither he nor Red Sox manager Alex Cora gave a specific reason why. But he returned yesterday. He was the only bright spot for Boston. He went three for four as the Blue Jays ripped the holes in the Sox 13-1. to And finally, I said we'd revisit it. The entire social media world went nuts on Saturday night when Jose Ramirez dropped Tim Anderson with a vicious right hook. And the best brawl my eyes have seen since Rugnit Odor, Jose Bautista, uh, Ramirez. Somebody was ill. Elvis Andrus was in both of those fights. Yes. And was like the guy next to the guy getting punched in both of them. And how many years ago was that? Six. Ten? Was that was it no, six? That was ten years ago? No, I was in college for that. Okay. That was but six. Uh, six of 2017. That makes a little more sense. Seven. Seven or eight at the most. Okay. The, be- the best brawl is Yankees, Orioles in 96. With, oh, with Benitez yeah. and Daryl Strawberry and, and Graham, Graham Lloyd, Lloyd. beating each other up in the dugout. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so Ramirez spoke through a translator on why the fight broke out, but I think this piece of sound is better from Guardians manager Tito Francona. Asked why, or excuse me, asked what he thought of the right hook from Ramirez. What do you think of uh, Jose's left hook? 
Right hook. Right hook. Right. You know, it's not, it, it's really, it's not funny, but when I came in, I'm listening to Hammy, it's hard not to chuckle. I mean, it's, but, you know, again, it's not funny, but boys will be boys. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about Tom Hamilton, the down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. Uh, down goes Anderson. There it is. All right, we go down under. Day three of the round of 16 is complete in the Women's World Cup. Co-host Australia beat Denmark 2-0. England had a player sent off in the 87th minute, but we were able uh, they were able to get a game to penalties that was goalless and beat Nigeria. This coming the morning after the U.S. were sent packing and penalties by Sweden in one of the big recent uh, upsets. And the fallout from that amongst Megan Rapinoe, who already announced her retirement before the World Cup began. Julie Ertz looks like she's going to be retiring Um, As well, some football news that we hit on last hour. The Vikings are signing Nikhil Harry to add to their wide receiver room. And Carolina has announced Bryce Young as their preseason starting opener for their upcoming game coming up here, I think, at the end of this week. Right? Week one preseason begins this weekend. Yeah, there's games Thursday night. How about that? We're getting, getting closer and closer. Wyndham Championship again. Lucas Glover wins it at 20 under. Justin Thomas misses the FedEx playoffs by one Stroke, Bryson DeChambeau won the Live Tour in West Virginia or wherever it was. And uh, I think I think that's all I got for you. Well, thank you very would, much. Would you like anything else? Uh, I'm good. I mean, you could tell me who played for the Angels and Astros because Pete and I are doing Immaculate Grid while you're that, talking. Yeah, that's that's the hard one. Yeah. Angels, Ricelli Iglesias, did he pitch for the Astros? I don't think so. No. I'm I, thinking reliever along the lines, though. I remain disappointed in myself. What about, I, who was the Angels' ace for like five years and was never really that great of a pitcher? I'm blanking on his name. Threw hard as hell. John Lackey? No, 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 no. More recently, like <clears throat> four years ago. Uh, you got Weaver, you got Washburn, those guys. What was the lefties, the lefties' name they gave a lot of money to? C.J. Oh. Wilson. Right. No, he's not. That's not think. who Boyle's talking about, though. Oh, that... That might work. I don't think he was an Astro. He was a Ranger. He was a Ranger. Yes. He was a Ranger. It was Garrett Richards. Oh, he was a... Did he pitch for the Astros or no? He's on the Rangers now. I love this game. Although it makes me so angry. Angels, Padres, Red Sox, Rangers. And I did one... Which is the... What day with this weekend was the... Were there no teams? I think it was Saturday. Saturday. Jake got more of the nine than I did. That jerk. The worst part. And nine of the, years old. The, <laughs> the worst part of that game is when you see the red uh, name on the first one. I know. Doing? So our good buddy Mark Ernay, who works down the hall, kind of. He just was. He's complaining on Twitter. He never complains. So I I wanted that to make guy sure. Never never said has a bad word to say. Exactly. Does never never calls out mistakes, no. grammar, nothing. He's not no. that guy. Are you guys being sarcastic? Very sarcastic. Uh, so, not at all. So when he complains, I listen because it's such a such a unique thing and a rare thing. So he wanted to put in Jake Marisnik as an Astro World Series champ, and was denied by ImmaculateGrid.com. So he's in a big stink over this. So I did some detective work, and Marisnik was on the Astros in 2017, but didn't play a playoff game for them. So did he I mean, technically win a World Series? He got a ring. Really? He was right. He, hmm. How does that work? Maybe he wasn't on. The, was he on a playoff roster? 
He didn't get into a game at all the entire postseason, so I don't think he was on the roster. He okay. would have pitched ran or something. If he's not on the roster, then it shouldn't count. Right? Yeah. And they gave him a ring, but that doesn't count either. Right. Just like the Stanley Cup. You can put guys' names on the cup that are not there at the end, and they kind of didn't win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with Magla Grid on this one. Uh, one of the more important polls of the day results, plus your advanced analytics. It's all next. The DA Show, CBS Sports Radio. It's time now for the Mothership's Advanced Analytics. Finishing things off on this Monday with more than you need to know about Packers GM Ryan Gudekinst. He played two seasons of college football, Wisconsin lacrosse. A shoulder injury ended his career. He first worked with the Packers scouting department as an intern in 97. Two of his four children are golf players. He has a degree in sports management. Our Ryan Botcher has severe color blindness. Let's go. Let's pick up from there. What is? I just there's a lot of mean? colors I can't see correctly. What's the color of that Army Navy Navy helmet? I don't even know. Well, so you can't see things like that. That 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 on the back screen. Yeah, I can't tell you if that's blue or purple. But so, like, do you see? It looks everything looks the same. Like not everything, but there's okay. certain colors that look the exact same. Just no differentiation. Yeah. So like blue, purple, uh, like maroon and brown, orange. Do you sometimes. do the red? Do you have the red and green thing? Sometimes depends on the shade. So was that one football game insane for you that everybody talked about? Was that a Bills Jet, Jets was, game? Yeah, that it messed with me a little bit, but the numbers were different. I think so. I, I was fine. Wow. Do you remember when you figured this out? When were you uh, diagnosed? I was like. First grade, second grade, they're like, you know, like the, the find the pathway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd had to do that, and I was going the complete wrong direction. And I'm like, okay, let's stop. And they took me to a professional. And yet you dress yourself so well. Well, like, it's and not like, hard to dress with black. No, but colors match. You need to match colors. And you don't want to show up in random combinations. Different band shirt every day. It's not the like yellow and green shoes. Marco Belletti collection. Right. <laughs> Uh, by the way, <laughs> despite my last second vote, calling Brian Gudekinst Ryan Botcher is not going to work. Ah, uh, come on. We've had nearly 40 votes, and it's running last. <laughs> come on, not even 40 votes? Yeah. <laughs> Pete really thought that I was going to win. Uh, so uh, it appears that Gunty, my man, is going to win and keep its title. Yeah, it's a good right. one. All yeah. Right. Shocking. I'm surprised BG is second. I guess not everyone found the joke the same way, Pete, of yeah, Brian no. Botcher. I mean, yeah, the 37,000 followers on, on CBS Sports Radio Twitter. Right. Maybe not all 37,000 are familiar with Botch yet. Yeah. yeah. How about Watch Letterman? That's a Letterman skit right there. Time for the epic fail? Yes, so the, it is. So the epic fail. Jody Mack? Did you tell me what it is? got to be Jody Mack. Uh, no, it was Boyle's Beef with... Uh, oh, and Joni. And Joni made it. Is. Sorry, Aunt Joni. Here's your epic fail. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail. Uh, we got some tweets during the break. Gipper Tim, the Civil War is one of the oldest in the nation for rivalries. It's huge for us. Oregon, Oregon State, 45 minutes apart. Families divided here. It's like if the Yankees and Red Sox never played again. Give me a break. Families divided. Yeah. Families divided. Shut up, Grandma! Yeah. 
What a joke. That's pretty pathetic. Thank you, Pete. I mean, Thank you. You're my, telling me you can't get along with somebody in your family. No, no, no. Because I, they went to Oregon State and you went to Oregon? I, I don't think Maybe they, it's because Aunt Joni is a <laughs> And maybe that's why you can't get along with her. <laughs> I don't think the problem is 365 days a year. I think he means when the game comes around, no one's family anymore. Oh, yeah. It's ducks versus beavers. I'm assuming they still have Thanksgiving dinner together. Food is family. And Joni be damned. Well, yeah. What are you going to do? Oh, Oregon State scored. Okay, that's good for you guys. No, that's maybe maybe I'm underestimating other people's fandom just in general. When you root for your team, and if you're playing the team that you don't like, your rival, you're on your never-ending rival, will never be able to live without the Civil War playing for the Platypus Trophy anymore. That that when Aunt Joni comes over and she's an Oregon State fan, you're not going to be you're not going to you know put your game face on. Like, I'm, I'm assuming Skipper Tim will go to Aunt Joni's funeral when the good Lord takes her from us. I've fallen, and I can't get up. Maybe he'll put an Oregon sticker on her tombstone. As he should. Leave a little stuffed duck mascot in there. One last parting shot. I'm <laughs> really angry on that one. Yeah. But he's not going to put a Wolverine trinket in there to get Aunt Joni one more time now. If, they, if, she's, if she survives another 20 years and they have some pretty classic games, then yes. That'll be a that'll be a good rivalry. Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Epic fail. Tough day for Anjoni. Tough day for Boyle, depending on which side of the argument you come on. But more than one person had to ask us outside here in our newsroom if Anjoni was a real person. <laughs> She's not, I think, safely. It's <laughs> oh. the creation from Boyle's twisted mind. I do not have. You know where I got it from? Can you guess? I cannot. I got it from that commercial with all the ants. Where it's like, oh. you have ants, and then the one woman, the yes. bones open in the fridge, expired. Yes. Expired. Expired. It's a lot of house. And then at the end, it's just the, the little portly redheaded one. She goes, Aunt Joni's here. <laughs> That's what I picture when I picture people talking about families divided. Are those Geico commercials? Those are good commercials. Yes. That's a, Those are good ones. They always have winners. The one with the rock, like the rock band in the basement. Yeah, they always uh, they always seem to hit the nail on the head. And now they've given us Aunt Joni. Expired. I uh, want to thank today's guest, Tyson Alger, for joining us to walk us through the Oregon perspective of realignment from the Big Ten or to the Big Ten from the Pac-12. Tomorrow, Toby Rowland, voice of the Oklahoma Sooners. He's your sounds of Saturday, plus more on U.S. women's soccer and whatever else happens this afternoon as well. Don't forget, DA's got you on the Jim Rome Show noon Eastern on some of these same stations and most significantly on CBS Sports Network. For Pete, for Botcher, for Brooke, Boyle, I'm Andrew. Have a great Monday. We'll see you again tomorrow. For now, the mothership disconnects. Quack. 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 This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 